Today is Wednesday, January 8th, 2020, and this is the Loris Women's Leadership Alliance podcast. I am Kayla Schneider, Development Officer here at Loris College, and with me today is Jimmy Napperstick, Director of Institutional Marketing, and Olivia Flynn, uh, 2020 soon-to-be graduate. Loris Women's Leadership Alliance's mission is to engage women on the Loris College campus in alumni communities, connecting them or reconnecting them with the college with the overall goal of supporting young women who are attending Loris or who wish to attend Loris. Olivia, Jimmy, thank you for being here today. And thank you, as always, Jimmy, for coordinating this. And and Happy New Year. Absolutely. Thanks, Kayla, again for having me on. Olivia, welcome to... uh, well, some call it Studio 110, but uh, the basement of Kane Hall. Thanks for making time on your <laughs> January day to join us. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's great to have you, Olivia. It's a special day because you are our very first student that we're highlighting today on the Women's Leadership Alliance podcast. So we're happy that you're here and to put some time into your busy schedule. So um, what are you doing right now? It's J, it's J term. Right, yes. So I am taking my fourth J-term. Usually people only take two J-terms at Loris, but I have squeezed everything (laughs) I can out of my education here. Uh, So I am taking a service learning course this January, and we are traveling to Peru. Originally, the trip was to Haiti, but because of the stance of the country right now, we rerouted to Peru, which I'm excited about. I am a Spanish minor, so I'll be able to practice some of that language learning. And we will be working in a village in rural Lima, uh, right outside of the city center, and basically doing construction work. So Awesome. I, yeah, I'm excited. Have you ever done any construction work before? Not at all. Trying to find work gloves that fit my hands. <laughs> <laughs> and have you traveled outside of the country before? Yeah, so previously, my sophomore year, I traveled to India for a J-term, and then last year, I traveled to Italy for a J-term. So you, I mean, when you say you're squeezing everything out of your more experience, uh, I think that might be putting it lightly. So a four-year student athlete, three-time international uh, trip taker, uh, and not to say, you know, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but all, everything that you're doing inside the classroom as well and your involvement in the CFP program. I mean, how do you do it? How do you, how do you find the time for everything? Yeah, a lot of people ask me that question, and honestly, I think it would be harder for me if I didn't involve myself in a lot of things. I think that the structure is really important to me, and having the schedule of class, practice, work, uh, hanging out with friends, you know, it all finds a balance mm-hmm. after you get the hang of it, so it's it's been really good for me. Have you been doing that? Because, I mean, it's kind of an art when you're, you're balancing all of those things at one time, and you it comes so naturally, but to other people it doesn't so what could you tell people how to like how did you become so good at managing and balancing everything that you're involved in 
Honestly, I keep a calendar. I color code it, and that's color coded with everything else that I use for those classes. You know, I use Outlook Calendar like crazy. I schedule meetings with my friends if we're going to hang out or something. They think, <laughs> put it on my calendar. <laughs> yeah, and they think it's weird, and, you know, I think it's weird, but it honestly keeps me so organized and keeps me sane to be able to look at what's going on for the day, and that's helped a lot. Well, you're one of a kind in using that calendar. Um, I, I'd love to see her and Marsha, Marsha Bierman <laughs> oh my in the goodness. office go head-to-head on, on who's better. With who's more outlook. organized, right. yeah. Uh, Shout-out to Marsha. I know you work a lot with her. She, uh, I think she keeps that office in line. She definitely does. She really does. We're grateful for everything that she does. So um, um, Jimmy briefly mentioned the CFP program. So can you talk about that? Because you're one of how many females in that, in that program? Um, I think there's maybe two or three other declared minors in the CFP program. I'm the only senior. I'm part of the first graduating class to graduate with this minor, which there's basically four components to the CFP certification. That is uh, education, ethics, uh, the exam, and another one I can't think of off the top of my head right now, but... The minor that we have established here at Loris establishes or completes the education requirement for the exam. So most people, when they get before they get their CFP, are 30, you know, five, 10 years into the business, think, you know, all right, this is a great way to establish myself in this community. It is a great way to show clients that I'm committed to what I'm doing. So I'm going to go complete this, you know, education requirement and then take the exam. And for us to have that advantage while we're in college, in the learning process, and to be able to sit for the exam in July is a huge advantage that we have. And so Brian Kalbeck, my professor who started that program here at Loris, has really been an advocate for this program and getting its feet off the ground and involving us with the community, which has really helped us in getting the experience that we need. Yeah, that's great. He's been doing wonderful things with the program and all of you. I know that I've been able to be involved in in some of it and doing the role playing and whatnot. So when you came in to Loris, I think, well, you interned in our office a little bit. So I got to know you a little bit when you were working with us. You were wanting to go to law school, right? So what drove you on the path to go into being a CFP? You know, I thought that I can see myself being a lawyer, and still to this day, it might happen. Uh, when I first got to college, I wanted to be done right away. Yeah, I was homesick <laughs> and just not enjoying myself, and so I knew that I needed to get more involved. And when I decided that I didn't want to do more schooling right away, I said, okay, law school's out of the picture. I'm interested in business. I'm good with numbers. I love math. But I like people, and Mm -hmm. I don't want to be stuck in an office crunching numbers. Everyone has that dream. But for me, I really wanted to be working with people one-on-one in group settings. And so that's where I kind of turned to finance. And I said, how can I be kind of a consultant? Or maybe I'll go with the accounting route. And that's when I decided to major in finance. And so I am a double major in finance and marketing. But prior to the CFP program being started, I didn't really know where I was going to fit into the finance industry And I, by chance, took a class that was the entry-level course for the CFP program. Uh, It was called Financial Planning and Risk Management. Mm -hmm. I took it. I loved it and have continued on ever since. Do you know what I love about what you just said is that you took a risk and you took a course that you might have felt was uncomfortable at first. You didn't know if if it was going to be a good fit for you, but you did it anyway because you are here trying to make the most of your experience and you need to try to find your own path. So 
kudos to you for doing that. Not a lot of people would do that. Yeah, thank you. I think that's the unique thing about Loris is just being able to take classes, take those educational risks and mix and match your course schedule. Well, I always, I do find it a little bit comical how many times we hear of, you know, students or graduates that, you know, went to college with one plan in mind Mm -hmm. and a semester or a year or whatever it might be into their, their college education you know, they have one class or one event and it it just changes everything. I know that was me. You know, I came in thinking CIT, Mm -hmm. just work with computers. Uh, Final project in my first CIT class was to make a video. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, like uh, this could be my major and that changed everything for me. So, um, and and I think for you, it's been really interesting to hear the passion. You know, I, I think a lot of times minors tend to be just looked on, looked at as an add-on. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the unique things I've seen with the CFP program is that while technically, yes, it is a minor, I think it's it really is one of the more impactful minors that we do offer here because of what kind of doors it opens up. Um, you know, I, I, I think in some ways the amount that you're learning in those few short classes, you know, is, is on par with maybe what we see in some other academic majors, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love that you're in it. And I love that you're the f- only senior, female senior that is in there. But I know, like, how do we how do we get out of that mold? How do we get more females interested in going into a CFP program and being financial planners? Uh, because what is the percent? Do you know the percentage? I'm sure Brian talks about it all the time, the percentage of of CFPs that are female versus males. You know, I could be quoted very wrong on this, but I think <laughs> it's, you know, around 20% are mm-hmm. females in this industry. Uh, historically, it's always been, you know, a white male-dominated industry, whether mm-hmm. it's financial planning or just finance in general. Uh, but we do, even at Loris, have a small number of girls in the business majors. And then within that, in finance, I've been one of maybe two of my peers that have always been consistently in finance classes. And so that's, you know, I've never noticed that or felt any different because of it. Mm-hmm. But when people do ask me that question, it makes me wonder, you know, what is that barrier between mm-hmm. women being in it and women not? Sure. And now that you're you're in it and... Uh, We'll talk about a little bit whether or not you have a job yet after you graduate here in May. Um, but you'll have to continue to be an advocate for it to push it. You know, join me, like uh, tell your story, and um, and then start being a recruiter in your own in your own field for more females to to join there. So back to that. Uh, this spring's going to be very busy for you, right? Yes. What do you got yes, going on? Uh, so this spring, I will be in lacrosse season. I play lacrosse here. It'll be my last season. We start that right away, second semester, the beginning of February. So I'll be busy with that. I will also be continuing to intern with Professor Callback, who I mentioned earlier. started a financial planning consulting sort of business called Vine and Fig Tree Wealth Management. And um, so I've been working with him, assisting him get that business off the ground, uh, we basically work with other businesses in the area and, you know, remotely across the nation. Just transform. A lot of people have firms that are more money managers or investment managers and want to get more into the financial planning aspect. So we're kind of helping them build that from the ground up, build their structure. How do they, you know, transform their client's mindset of what they are to them moving forward? And so that's been really cool for me and a good experience to move forward with him with. That's awesome, and it's nice that uh, he's giving you that opportunity as well, better, more experience for you. And then on top of classes, on top of lacrosse, what are you doing after you graduate? 
Yes, so I am fortunate to have a job already. I'll be working at Cornerstone Wealth Advisors up in Minneapolis, Minnesota. They are a smaller RA firm up there that has developed a financial planning residency. So they coined it after sort of a doctorate residency where if you're going to get your doctorate, you do two, three years of field work. And that's basically what I'll be doing, but I'm getting paid for it. Mm -hmm. So they're providing me with the three years experience that's necessary to hold the CFP designation, but also putting me out in the wild right away. Mm -hmm. I'll be meeting with clients from day one. Yeah. That's incredible. It is incredible. So then is there further education? You know, I know at one point you, you didn't mention you were committed to law school and then you weren't so sure. At this point, do you see, you know, a a master's or even a, a, some form of a doctorate down the road? You know, I can see myself going to get my MBA later on down the road. Uh, I could go for my law degree. I think that would help in the estate planning aspect of financial planning. But that's why I'm thankful to have this job for, you know, it's three years. No guarantee I'll stay with them. No guarantee that I'll leave. It's just a very good program to lead me out into the real world. So I'll be mm-hmm. able to make that decision when it comes easier to me. That's incredible. And and to, to think, you know, Laura's students, you know, uh, fourth year of a program like this and we're already seeing these types of results and you know on one hand maybe it is a a bit of a surprise on the other hand if you really think about it 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 really shouldn't be um you know we see this time and time again with with Laura students here that you know they they do so much to to take advantage of the opportunities that our our professors and our even some of our staff uh you know open open the doors for them and and i think you're just another one of those mm-hmm. examples if you would have just showed up and and you know gone through the motions of the the cfp minor i don't think you're sitting in this position today i think it's because you've you know gone ahead and and, and done more than what you know professor callback has asked um and and it's you know, created an opportunity to put you in a position to be successful and and be bigger than than what uh, than what we've been able to do for you here at Laura so far. Right. Yeah. And the the best thing about having this job is that this an email came into Professor Callback's inbox, and it was a job application, and he said, "This sounds like Olivia. Forward it to me." <laughs> and that's what started my relationship with this firm. And so, because the professors have an individualized look at all of their students, they're able to give us that value added at Loris. Absolutely. And it's those relations, relationships that you're building here now uh, that are helping you mold those relationships for the future. And even 15, 20 years from now, you're going to look back and, and you never know, like, you're going to be reaching out to Brian Callback again or some of those other yeah. uh, people that you've met exactly. along the way just to, to help you, or maybe you will be helping them. Um, so it all comes full circle. And, and Jimmy hit it right on the head. I mean, you are the epitome of a Laura student. You, you excel at everything that you do. You take advantage of everything that there is in front of you. And, and that is, that's a special, special quality. So we're very lucky to have you here at Laura's and we're sad to see you go, but so proud that of, of everything that you've been able to accomplish here. So I hope that you're proud of yourself as well. Thank you. Yes, I am. So, Olivia, I got to ask, you know, looking back and, and, you know, I don't know how much interaction recently you've had with prospective high school students, but, you know, maybe uh, male or female, but who who show an interest in this type of work, um, you know, what would be maybe, you know, your one or, or two top selling points as to, you know, why... Why Loris, but why the CFP program that that Professor Callback has built? You know, I think that 
when I first visited Loris, I could feel that the culture was different. And it sounds cliche because a lot of people do say that. But coming from the Twin Cities area where there is so many small private Catholic colleges mm-hmm. to choose from, I needed to find a place where I felt like I was supported and at home and constantly advocated for. And that's something that Loris provides is the advocate advocacy for students. And that's on an individualized level. Because we are a smaller institution, you, you have the opportunity as a student to, you know, progress your career while you're still in college. And normally people don't look for jobs or find a job till after they graduate and that's totally fine but why not jumpstart your career Mm -hmm. and so that's what Loris has provided to me and even comparing my experience to my friends that are up back up in the Twin Cities you know I feel that I am two steps ahead and Mm -hmm. Loris has provided me with that and especially with the CFP program you know there's only I believe it's only one other school in Iowa that provides this program, and it's uh, University of Northern Iowa. Not even University of Iowa provides this program. Mm -hmm. Other schools around this area also don't provide it. And, you know, to be able to exit this, your four-year track as a college student with a designation behind your name, that's crazy. Most Mm -hmm. people don't get those until they're 30 years old, Mm -hmm. and most people sometimes never get them. And so to be able to do this and learn about the CFP program and being a financial planner is such a benefit on my track record to be able to jumpstart my career. But also, so many people are in this program that aren't even going into the finance industry. And the personal benefit that you get from taking these classes is amazing. I mean, so many people don't, there's such a lack of knowledge of your financial picture. Yeah. No, and I, I think you hit it right on the head. Um, CFP.net yeah. has, did a survey of about 86,000 uh, individuals with their CFP designation. 5.4% are ages 20 to 29. Wow. So, and then 23% or 20,000 of that 86,000 are females. So, you know, certainly, you know, you fit into that minority role, but I think it, it provides you with a extremely unique opportunity to, to make an impact uh, not only for yourself and, and those immediately around you but I think you know you're you're going to be a name uh, that's talked about here mm-hmm. for for years to come um, as part of that original program but you know not just you know she didn't just come here and, and earn a degree she was involved in multiple you know organizations and clubs she had a job before she started her final semester um, and I think you you know, whether or not you maybe realize it now, I think you are blazing a, a path for individuals like yourself who are going to be coming in the next five to eight years. And, you know, I think that's something hard to even put a price tag on. Um, but I, I, I hope you realize, you know, how lucky we are to, to have had someone like you here at Loris. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. You're a star, Olivia. So do you have any um, any advice for any incoming students or any um, any underclassmen or even, you know, juniors as well? It could be even seniors. Do you have any advice for right. them? You know, I, I would say to incoming students, my brother's a senior in high school right now, and so he's been going through the process of searching for a college. And personally, when it came down to choosing a school, I, with a financial background in my head, Mm -hmm. thought about the price tag of a school. And Loris is a place that, because of our huge alumni base and generous alumni, we had the opportunity to go to school for, you know, almost similar to a state school price. And Mm -hmm. that is something that you can't, you know, like Jim said, put a price tag on. Um, You know, 
make those decisions, you know, take those risks, go to a school, you can always transfer back home. Um, but going to a school in a small community like Dubuque and then small like Loris has really provided me with the resources needed to succeed in life. And people say that, you know, why not go to school at the place where you see yourself ending up? You know, I see myself in Minnesota, but, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think that going to a school in Iowa has put me at a disadvantage at all. If mm-hmm. anything, it's provided me with a larger network of mm-hmm. people to be resourceful to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, thank you again, Olivia, for for carving some time out for us, putting us on your calendar, uh, (laughs) color-coded in purple, I imagine. And uh, thank you again, Jimmy. and please, if, if you uh, are into lacrosse, please come and, and watch and support our Loris College lacrosse team and watch Olivia on the field. Is that what they call that? The lacrosse yes, field. It is a field. <laughs> <laughs> um, and up next for the Women's Leadership Alliance, we are currently planning a spring event in, in March. And uh, um, we have uh, Bree Burnett joining us in a couple weeks on the podcast. And, and I, I failed to mention this at the beginning, but if you are interested in supporting the Women's Leadership Alliance Scholarship, please visit alumni.loris.edu forward slash giving and be sure to put the Women's Leadership Alliance Scholarship in the designation box. Um, again, thank you so much for your time and, and uh, we'll uh, get you next time.